Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. I'm Dennis. I'm here with Brian. And we're here for all things sales and mindset for success. So, Brian, what do we got today? Absolutely. So, today we are going to talk about how can a proactive approach to follow-up contribute to an improvement in trust and credibility with potential clients? The first thing that comes to mind is the after-action report that we have for Canadas. Mm -hmm. And at the very bottom, the last thing are what are your action items? So what is an appropriate follow-up? How can you follow up? What's a good way of following up? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of different philosophies about that. One person, I know what they will do is if they're traveling to a particular town, as they're heading to the meeting, they'll drop a thank you card in the mailbox. Not after the meeting. Yeah. Before the meeting. And it's handwritten. Mm. And that's... that's You got to do it handwritten. Attention to detail, right? That's a form of follow-up. The, the idea is to just basically say, thank you for meeting with me. Mm -hmm. And giving them the respect of a summary of the meeting yeah. and anything else that's necessary. Because some things could have been forgotten. Mm -hmm. So... What that's going to do is communicate an attention to detail, and that attention to detail is going to communicate trust as well, in my opinion. 100% mm -hmm. agree. And I think trust and credibility are very intertwined mm -hmm. with one another. It says trust and credibility on the question, but they're kind of two means to an end, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And making those connections a lot of it is just showing that you're thinking of them or showing that you didn't just have the conversation and walk off to something else. Yeah. It's putting active consideration into your needs and what we're trying to do to get this done. And that already goes way further than anything else you can do beyond, you know, strolling into their life personally. Mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of a difference between trust and credibility. And I this is in my book that I'm writing. Mm -hmm. uh, and... I really had to tease this out to understand yeah. the two differences and what it means. Mm -hmm. So trust is this. So if I trust you, I trust that what you say is what you say. And that's related to the credibility, but yeah. it's, it's more of a consistency thing there. Uh -huh. I trust that you're going to follow through. I trust that, um, that you're going to be predictable. So mm -hmm. Trust is a little bit more closely related to predictability okay. than it is credibility. Mm -hmm. Credibility in, engenders that same trust framework, but also now you're talking about the veracity of what you actually happen to be saying. And you can see the overlap in the two of them. Yeah, yeah. There. But that is, if you say you're going to follow up tomorrow, or if you say you're going to follow up in a couple of days, yeah. then that's when you're going to follow up. And so that mm -hmm. that's uh, that that credibility is important whenever you're talking about the benefits of your products and services. Yeah. The the I'm going to deliver it within X days. Any of those things that are critical for a business to really be able to know that what you say is actually what you're going to do. Trust is almost, so credibility is more like, what are you saying? Trust gets into a lot of your habits as well. Gotcha. So would you say that to simplify it, a large difference is trust is the personal trust between you and a client while your credibility is your individual, uh, try not to use the word of the definition, but your, your individual credibility to get things done. Uh, credibility, are you a bullshitter or not? Yeah. Trust, 
are you going to be consistent? Okay. Now, and so so there's this a little bit of um behavioral aspect of trust. Yeah. Down to I trust that this salesperson is going to call me every month mm. to see how I'm doing with their products and services. Yeah, yeah. That's a little different than I it, it, trust. Then you have that I trust that what this person says is true, and mm-hmm. that's where the trust and credibility overlap. Yeah, kind of meet together. So I, I okay. So the way I kind of visualize it then is trusting is I got I lost it. it it's it's an interesting and yeah. yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm seeing how you're peeling it forward. Yeah, yeah. And I was surprised when I was doing the research on this, uh-huh. uh, and I was specifically looking at the components of the likability of a salesperson. Uh huh. And I know we did a podcast on it, but the physical attraction is is a component of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grooming, the lack of body odor. Uh, did you have onions with your your uh, <laughs> lunch before you came and spoke to someone? But then the trust is an aspect of it. The credibility is an aspect of it. You talk about respect as mm-hmm. an aspect of it as well. Yeah. Um, which respect is like this credibility plus plus mm-hmm. that, that comes from it. Um and it all, what it does is it really comes down to that, do I like this person? And part of do I like this person is, will I be able to depend on this person? Yeah, yeah. And I think the depending on this person really engenders both the trust and the credibility. Gotcha. So you have you have these factors that kind of fill this uh, dependability meter mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. between you and a client mm-hmm. or their, their perception of you as either a salesperson or as a company. Yeah. So think about someone. Okay. So let me put it this way. So- Think about someone you're you're coming out of the college area relatively recently, so I think this will this this metaphor will appeal. Uh, think about group projects, sure, <laughs> right? There's when someone says something and they don't do it, you lose yeah. that element. You lose both trust and credibility. Yeah, yeah, because now they're not being consistent. But maybe they just never say they're going to do anything, and then they don't do anything. That that loses your ability to trust them to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Maybe automatically they say, you know what, I suck at, at getting back to you. Yeah. So they're credible. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're being honest. They're saying, yeah, um, I'm horrible with email, mm-hmm. right? And so, okay, they're credible, but now your ability to trust that they're going to get stuff done might be put in danger as well mm-hmm. in terms of their ability to to follow through with things. Sure. And where, where would uh, somebody who says they're going to do it and they do it, but they're phoning it in and it's bad? Where does that fall? I think I think that would hit both because it all depends on when they say, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Did they really it's, do it? It's implied that they're going to do it well. Yeah. I think that's a big piece of it. Um, and so because there's that implied, I'm going to do this up to a certain standard. Yeah. And they're not following through. It affects that credibility as well. Mm-hmm. Now we're really getting into the weeds on this one, but um, but and and again, because there's a big overlap between the two constructs, if you will, it's a research yeah. geek term for it. That uh, it, it can get. I think we can really get in the weeds with, between the difference of the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's take a step back and let's look at the question again. Sure. So. I guess what it, what it kind of comes down to is when you're doing follow-up or when you're following up with clients, 
and you're trying to build these relationships, you're really trying to show that you're dependable. Yeah. You're trying to build your trust and your credibility with somebody and fill that dependability meter. Yeah. So any element of follow-up should be in service. I, that. And I think what, it, what, what one way of thinking about how you can build both that credibility and that trust is mm -hmm. what is your policies? Yeah. Whether it's organizational policies on following up yeah. or personal policies on following up. So- you know, my policy is, is 24 to 48 hours. You know, that is just generally how long it usually takes me to process things so that I can add additional items to an email yeah. as I'm following up, unless I've been asked to follow up sooner. Yeah. That, that can like, could you send me an email by the end of the day? About exactly, exactly. So uh, other people may say, I'm going to follow up within 24 hours. Mm. That might be great. I'm going to follow up within an hour. Some clients might like that. Some clients may not like yeah, that. Yeah. I, it, it really sits one half dozen yeah. of another. And I'm sure you can find salespeople that would say that's a little too thirsty and other salespeople that would say uh, that's perfect. That, that, yeah. that shows your investment in the client. Mm -hmm. But if you have some sort of personal policy on how long you're going to take to follow up with someone and you adhere to it properly, yeah, that's going to build both. The, that's going to build the trust. Mm. It's going to build the trust. And of course, if you're saying things and you're able to actually follow through with what you're saying, that will build your credibility. Yeah. Uh, and what matters is how you continue to develop that when it comes to customer service. And so trust. I trust that this person is going to get back in touch yeah. with me within 48 hours. I also trust that if I say that this is an emergency, this person is going to get back to me immediately. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's also a piece of that. And that uh, builds up that dependability, that customer sure. service orientation, if it's relevant to what you're doing. Okay. So cu coming at it from a marketing perspective, uh, I've written quite a few brand guides before, mm -hmm. laying out color schemes and fonts and objectives and whatnot. And one of the most important things in doing that is having objectives or specifically zeroing in on, say, social media or print advertising objectives mm -hmm. and each of those objectives need to be in service of the brand yes so when you make a decision for posting something on social media or running a print ad you need to ask yourself am i fulfilling one of my objectives so when building your policies for follow-up or the way that you run your business whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working for sales uh, external sales for a company you have to build your policies very similarly to a brand guide I would say I, I actually love that that comparison mm -hmm. you just made. It's almost like it should be a brand guide. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is our brand. Our brand is responsiveness. Therefore, here's how we're going to respond. Mm -hmm. When you look at, and we're we're really moving over to marketing, but it's very very related to sales in here. Yeah. When you look at service design, one of those things is how what is your expected response to yeah. X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And so even though it's talked about, at least when I teach marketing management, it, even though it's talked about in terms of service recovery and service response and understanding what could happen at each customer touch point, it's definitely a sales thing if that sales is related. So if yeah. your sales for conferences at a large Hilton hotel, mm -hmm. for example, then part of what you're going to want to make sure is happening is a customer who may constantly spend a lot of money to do a conference at your place. What happens if there is some sort of serv major service failure for mm -hmm. that particular customer and are they being taken care of correctly? Yeah. And what is, when does the, the, the general customer service 
dial back in that salesperson to make sure that any service failure was remedied. Yeah. And that's part of that follow-up or even, hey, it's day two of the conference. I just want to make sure everything's going right. Yeah. Three of the conference. I want to make sure everything's going right. Post-conference, here's a survey form. Yeah. Let me know how it went. If there's anything I can do to improve, not just your experience as a as a conference organizer, yeah, but the experience of all of your guests or attendees at that particular conference, mm-hmm. and of course you're you're factoring in, of course, with that conference organizer's service responsiveness as it comes yeah, to yeah. all of those individuals, and being able to communicate all that, it's it's complicated, but if you've especially when you're thinking about Something as complicated as that. Yeah. Having everything down on paper, having the procedures, the roadmap, everything is imperative to ensuring that when something doesn't happen right, someone can whip out the manual. Yeah. Whether it's on their phone or this big thick binder and say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is who I'm supposed to call. This is how I'm supposed to handle the customer with the caveat and I've got to add this to empower them to do more than what's just in any kind of manual. Because what you don't want is some noob, I'll use that term, who 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 says, oh, it's not in the manual. Maybe I'm not supposed to do this. Who, who says, I'm going to come out and I'm going to give this comp or or make sure that this customer happens to be happy. Gotcha. So you're saying that there should be instances where you go off script then. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest problems that we often see in customer service is uh, Simon Sinek actually talked about this where it's people don't, people are afraid that they're going to get fired Mm -hmm. if they do something that's off script. Yeah. And that's, that's dangerous, right? Yeah. You don't want that in your organization because then it's like the manual says I must do this. Yeah. And therefore I must do this, even though the customer is unhappy. If, as long as the customer's not to use a pejorative Karen or Kevin or Chad or whatever people are using for masculine part of that. Unreasonable. Yeah, exactly. Then, you know, I'm going to use myself as, as an example here. I'm I'm one of those individuals. I, I try not to leverage customer service all that frequently. Yeah. Because I know, at least with the larger organizations like Verizon, Hilton, American, yeah. when I complain, they take notice of it, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not complaining for the sake of getting like free stuff. I'm complaining because I want to make sure that I have a better experience yeah. on the line. And and so they'll often say, oh, let me see what we can do for you versus the the Karen, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, the... the uh, you used a much better term and I'm blanking on it already, but the unreasonable, <laughs> the unreasonable customer at some point in time is like, we've got to fire this customer. Yeah. Right. And so you don't, and it should be clearly in whatever CRM mm-hmm. or, or Salesforce automation tool that you have that yeah. you understand where this customer sits in your value. Yeah. So that you can say this customer doesn't complain much. They're complaining. I need to go above and beyond to make sure that this customer is happy mm-hmm. because they're they're valuable to us. And of course, word of mouth is equally as important when it comes down to those things. So you should definitely be codifying the way you approach, but inevitably something could fall through the cracks or something, even the, the best written script in the world or the best written process in the world is going to have an instance where 
you have this outlier event mm -hmm. where this person got burned over something that happened in the company. Mm -hmm. If you just start bouncing them through the unhelpful red tape that you've created mm -hmm. and don't encourage people to actually solve the problem, then now it's become prison as yeah. opposed to an actual customer service. And it, um, if our listeners Google United Breaks Guitars or checks that out on YouTube, that's uh, a great example of that with... United Airlines, which is well known for their positive customer service. That's what we call Sark. Uh -huh. And that's exactly what happened to this guy who mm -hmm. had his several hundred dollar guitar broken uh, as he watched it getting thrown around on a tarmac. Oh my God. And it's a matter of maybe you need to make an exception for this particular customer and not because he's going to generate millions and millions of views on YouTube, but yeah. it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the other thing that has to be really embedded yeah. in that you don't do it because of money necessarily, mm -hmm. uh, although it will always factor back to that. You do it because it's how we treat people in life, mm -hmm. you know, as long as they're, again, not being unreasonable yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I think sometimes companies lose sight of that. Yeah, and not even just companies, just individuals, where in this example, if it's being... Uh, I didn't see the video, mm -hmm. you know, specifically, but if it's something being thrown around on, you know, the luggage carts or on the tarmac and they're loading it and whatnot and it breaks it, it's just a couple of employees who, not no fault of their own, but... They're desensitizers like, oh, just a bunch of bags. Like, let's get this out of the way. It's like, oh, guitar, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But if you just take a second to, you know, show humanity to the world and be like, oh, I don't want to mess up this yeah. guy's guitar. Let me load this a little bit better. But what happens is they're so concerned about their own safety that mm -hmm. they're like, I can't do this because the, the, the manual or the book or whatever it is yeah. says that I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, and again, the, we quote, we've been quoting Simon Sinek a lot today, but Simon Sinek comes there and and he was talking about someone who was yelling at customers and it's like, why do you have to yell at us? Why do you have to treat us like cattle? And it's like, because if I don't, I might lose my job. And that's a fear that you should, yeah. your employees should not have. Yeah. Your employees, obviously, now if, if the employee does it continually for the wrong type of customer, maybe, you know, there, there needs to be corrective things to address. But at the same time, a single situation should not engender that type of response mm -hmm. where I am afraid to lose my job. No one should say, I'm afraid to take care of this customer because I'm afraid I'll lose my job. That's sure. That's very, very concerning. It's very anti your business model, hopefully, yeah. most of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, in terms of being proactive, in terms of building that trust and that confidence in you, mm -hmm. it, it's it's all about that regularity. Uh, regularity. It's... Uh, I didn't say it, but managing expectations, I think, is a great word to use whenever you're promising things. Yeah. Now, over, always uh, come in the hero, not the villain, when it comes to whether or not you met those expectations hmm. and beat whatever time frame that you happen to have. But it'll build that trust, it'll build that likability, and it'll build your book of business with that particular customer. Sure. Sure. Final thoughts? I, I really like what we went over with the codifying follow-up. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. I think visualizing, I, it's easy to get lost in the weeds, yeah. and visualizing it as your purpose for follow-up mm -hmm. is in service of filling your dependability meter and looking at it in the concept of a brand guide, building it the way I like to do it, is have 
the objectives, like in a numbered list, one, two, three, four, five. These are the objectives for actions. Yeah. And then you write the procedures underneath it. And then in parentheses, one, two, or like this action is in service of this objective. That way, when you go to make a decision or you're building your follow-up table, yeah. you know exactly why you're doing it. And again, if your company doesn't do that, do it for yourself. Not Nothing wrong with having your own guide and document to do that. Absolutely. All right. Well, great conversation. And we'll see you next time.